0: Bridge Toll, California Customer Service Number. Highway miles to the Gallon Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation.
1: What is Schema F? Best Wine Bars in San Carlos, California.
0: Best Western Hotels. How
1: old is Ronaldo? What happened
0: with Big engagement engagement How long gift. before a wedding should I send out and save the dates? How many are in the first series? Use of iMap NBA to playoffs.
1: check find email on other email clients. Identify That's fonts from where to the find? Hope Brian habit
0: Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses, scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. this podcast is also sponsored by Hrefs. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible.
2: Hey, my name is Tyson Stockton from Previsible.io and today we're wrapping up our conversation around SEO strategy. Returning today is Brandon Shacola, Senior Director of SEO at Overstock. So far this week, Brandon and I have talked about building an SEO strategy, the groundwork or the framework required to create that strategy. And today we're wrapping up the conversation, discussing executing on that strategy. All right. Here's my conversation with Brandon, Senior Director of SEO at Overstock. Brandon, welcome back.
1: Thanks, Mr. Tyson. How are you today?
2: I'm doing good. Looking forward to kind of like recapping or kind of getting to more of the the action or the implementation side of the conversation um, today. So... You know, I think we covered a lot of ground on the preparation, the framing, how you're presenting or kind of like organizing the strategy. And today we want to dive into more of like, great, we went through the exercises where we feel confident in our strategy, we've created it. But now how do we kind of mobilize within that? So to start off, maybe how do you think about communicating an SEO strategy within an organization. So not just to your team that's going to be executing on it, but the cross-functional teams, the leadership team, the organization at large. Like how do you present and how do you communicate that strategy?
1: So despite what most people think, it's not like it's not like you know, executing an SEO strategy is like, okay, we we planned everything, now we gotta go do it. You're kind of already starting to do these things as you're developing, right? So one of the key components I think there is that. As you're generating your digging in the ideas, you're already starting to share and communicate. And the reason you want to do that is because you, know, you want buy in. And oftentimes, SEOs and, and organizations are just kind of seen as the people that jam up your JIRA logs, right? Um, like, so you, you constantly have to be communicating the, the why. Right? Like, why do we want to do this? Like, what's the up? Like, we need to get people to see and believe in the data behind the opportunities that we're raising up. So I think you know that comes down to just being kind of a pillar organization and constantly having cross-functional one-on-ones, doing skip level meetings, meaning like you meet with your boss's boss outside of them, you know, we need just like holding data meetings, holding office hours, like doing those types of things so that we're constantly communicating where you are, what you're digging into, what the insights are why that might mean something for what you're trying to build. And by doing that, what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're getting people excited. At this level of SEO, especially kind of working on enterprise SEO, like you have to get people excited. And most people at this level want to be excited about something. And that something is usually growth. Like, hey, I was given an OPR, I was given a number, and oh my gosh, what you're talking about is going like, to blow right past that. And actually, it's I'm going to go right past that, it's going to do that for a couple of years because of the capabilities just built. That kind of communication is what we need to be building. And it's, it's, it's not a, hey, we put this presentation together for you, here you go. That will be part of it. But the deepest part of it is this actual like, hey, we're operating in six-eighths time. And like, you <laughs> just got to feel the triplet keep going that way until like everyone's kind of feeling that rhythm um that's kind of how you communicate the, the strategy itself you're doing it as you're building it and you're bringing people into the conversation so they feel that they're a part of it once you do that you can pretty much like execute anything because everyone's there on the line with you. like they're going to try to not let anything fail. now in the implementation of things we know that the real world is not perfect i think bruce clay used to like to say um you know, it, there's no such thing as a perfect website, but our job as SEOs is to make it the least imperfect it can be. And the same thing works in, in implementation. Different teams are going to have different capabilities. They're going to be paying attention to different things. Their systems are sometimes not meant to do what you're trying to do, um, and they won't find out until they push the, the go button. So that's, and that's where you just have to be ready. Right? That's where the kind of situational awareness comes into play. You know, as SEOs, we have to see the forest and the trees and the insects and the helpful fungus. You know, and 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 doing that takes time. Just want to pause there. I feel like you have a question, Tyson. I, 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 yeah. I can't. I can't see the telepathic Yeah,
2: Absolutely. I. I mean, I think you hit on a lot of key elements there. And I think one of the big takeaways from this is that constant and repetitious communication within the organization. So it's not a one-time presentation, you present it to the C-suite and now all of a sudden the rest of the organization falls in line and everyone's on board, everyone's happy. And so I think the point of you're not just doing like a final presentation of this, but you're giving pieces as you're going along you're having those constant touch points to build the the excitement or the groundswell on it within kind of some of the cross-functional. And we know within SEO, we're not working with just one team. We have you know components of our strategy that might fall more towards a dev and product side of the work and some components that might fall towards marketing and content. And what's kind of like the balance for you on like involvement slash kind of like direction that you're giving. And it's like, I know, depending on which level in the organization, there's times where I'll use more of like an involvement approach by trying to bring people in early to then get input. So then I'm better able to kind of navigate around that. And then there's other situations where it's expressing leadership. It's showing vision, strategy, the direction to it. So how do you kind of balance involvement versus... Hey, this is how it's gonna be with like some of those different stakeholder
1: groups. Well, if you do it well, you've made everyone feel involved while you're kind of going, no, 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 this way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's not always the case. So I think the I think often times where you have to bring in, you know, your your team, your, your folks, you have to bring in your peers and make them feel as if like they're equally part of the conversation and that's regardless of whether they're merchandising and marketing versus engineering dev and product <clears throat> you're playing both sides of that because they both have equal parts to play in the situation with dev and marketing sorry sorry with um merchandising and marketing they're way more focused on say the audience right and they're focused on the experience of the pages or, or or module or whatever you're going to build, they're really focused on that. Whereas the dev team is going to go, okay, well, I'm building this thing. How can I repurpose it and scale this across not just one category for this merchandiser? How can I scale this across like all of the categories that, that I'm going to have to manage? Is this relevant for all? They're thinking of like the testing part of it, right? And all that's important. You need them to believe that it's not breaking something. You need the, the dev and engineering side to know that when it launches, it's actually going to have an effect. Um, so the, the balance is understanding like these people are thinking about total addressable market or a total and remaining market that they want to capture. And these people over here are like, what percentage lift am I getting? Or is this breaking conversion? Right? Um, and I think that that's, that's also part of the challenge of that balance is on the marketing side, you're like, Sometimes as an SEO, I'm not caring as much about conversion. Sometimes I'm caring about, did I ramp up the impressions because to create that feedback loop through Google, that people coming are getting a long click versus a short click, right? Which is saying to Google, that's, that's a, a strong signal to Google. that Hey, this is a good experience for people. they are going to get lift out of this. So I, I think that's where the balance is, is understanding what those dualing priorities are between you know, dev and engineering and sort of product dev and engineering and then like the, the merchandising marketing side is they may have conflicting metrics and knowing when to say which metric is really going to make your success happen. Because if someone's just saying, well, it's not converting, it's not really helpful, right? Like, hey, we just put up like a thousand pages of content. Well, they're not converting. Well, content in and of itself is meant to be viewed Are we looking at impressions, right? Are we looking at click-through in the content? You know, because again, attribution signals, things like that, like, hey, they could come back in 15 days and that article was so helpful. They actually bought everything in there, right? (laughs) So that I think is the balance.
2: You hit on a couple like key points that double down on for the audience. And I think one of those is understanding the differences of these different stakeholder groups. And you kind of alluded to almost speaking a different language to the, each of these groups, knowing that their interest is going to be a little different, their experience, their knowledge of SEO is going to be a little different. And then also you're, you're bringing them in early, you're showing kind of like the net positive. So we're going back into building that kind of like business case that we're discussing earlier in the episodes. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that really can go a long way and it goes back to building relationships and how well of a business partner we can be to these other groups as well. When we get into more of kind of like the execution and implementation phases of this, being that we're working with different stakeholder groups, we could have, you know, our core pillars of our strategy. But obviously, some are going to have dependencies on one part of the business. Some would have dependencies on another. How do you go about kind of that prioritization and also triage of like what initiatives can be in flight at the same time because they're on work different work streams versus initiatives that may be falling on the same team. So obviously, you only can kind of pick up one at a time. Like how do you go about kind of that organization of workflows?
1: So I think you're always going for the biggest impact first, or you have your quick wins. If you're just kind of starting out an organization, oftentimes the quick wins help to build confidence. And so you want you to worry about those first. They have that confidence built. And so in those cases you always want to go with the bigger impact, even if it takes more time you know, your deck is focused on this, this this bigger piece. Like we're making progress on this big piece. Um, so you're kind of showing them the shiny and the progress of the shiny. But in the, uh, Underneath of it, what you're doing is you're giving yourself cloud cover for a bunch of other things that you can kind of have other wins along the way to build yourself momentum should anything mess up in the big shiny. So that's, that, that's kind of a quick way of thinking about it. But essentially, you want to at least do like a kind of t Sizing exercise, right? That's kind of part of the way you're thinking through uh, your, your, your initiatives and your methods and then the things that, that, that fall under that. And some of them just have to be a constant hum, right? There's like, there's your break fix part of technical SEO. There's your, there's your run the business part of merchandising where you're always going to have a holiday you're optimizing for, right? Depending on what kind of site you're running. And then there's like the big things that you've thought through. Whether it's uh, building on a new module, building on a new page type, whether it's completely changing the way the internal linking on the site already functions, whether it's doing taxonomy work, or you're doing um, completely revamping the way that the way that you define how merchandising can, can change the entirety of a page, um, it may be how you're working with search to handle problems with recall and fill in the page. All of those things apply to pretty much like any commerce site across the globe. So it's the the big thing first is is the way I would I would typically prioritize.
2: Well I think that's it also brings up the point that it is it is almost like a more complex game that, that we're talking through here. And yeah, you have in most cases you're gonna go after kind of like the the bigger, more kind of like Sure bet wins, but then brought in also having that understanding and awareness of the organization. And do you need something to show results quickly? Do you have the team and everybody bought in that you have that time to kind of push through like a larger launch or something? And so I think it really highlights that. Although there is a typical rule of thumb best case, but we're also needing to kind of tie in those organizational elements that could be unique on the situation. Like what's the historical appetite around SEO? Like is there frustration and kind of they've been going through... Uh, Few years decline, or is it something that's more of like things been going really well? The company's bought in, everyone's on board. And so I think like that brings in a lot of like the more realities, and it comes back a little bit to the annoying SEO answer of, well, it depends. <laughs> but I think this also <laughs> kind of highlights that <laughs> it's like you can have your starting point for that, but you should always keep that open mind and be willing to adjust accordingly given. The kind of human or like organizational side of our
1: practice yeah and i guess that the other important thing about this is this like prioritization and everything like you're never going to be able to do everything you want right in, in reality like you, you've done all this you built all of this and then you're kind of like saying well what happens if i'm only with like an only actually accomplish 50 percent of this this year right like because inevitably at some point you're gonna have to deal with someone in finance or you know the president, or you know the, the CMO, and you know out of the blue, like traffic could be declining, things could be happening in this in the SEO world, and so you kind of need to, to still have a buffer because you could end up with weeks like this week, right? Where you know think about in the past month, we had the helpful content update, we have a whole core algo update rolling out. Oh, and by the way, hey, we're just throwing in a product reviews update right on top of the you know. Um, because you need to give yourself the space to also be able to communicate in the middle of your strategy. By the way, there are changes here. And we did build this into the walk of like how we get from this one to this one. You know, you always have to have that like 30 to 40% like Google can do something that changes how we get there, right? <laughs> I think most executives at least understand that some of that is a black box, but like us as SEOs like we, we know when we can sense and we're like looking at the numbers and we've you know kind of got our voodoo about this. But you know I, I, I think you know you you have to always have that in mind that somewhere in, like humming in the background, some of it's not in your control. Right. There are things you can do after you see the impact, uh, whether positive or negative, but you have to own both.
2: Well and
0: time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. That's previsible, p-r-e-v-i-s-i-b-l-e. io.
2: I feel like that that brings us to maybe a good kind of closure question to the segment. It's always easy to communicate the good news, and so when our initiatives go live and we're showing positive signs, obviously that's great. But whether it's an algorithm update or maybe some advances from a competitor or maybe you put through initiative and you didn't get the signal or the response that you're looking to for that signal. What recommendations or how would you advise people in doing the bad news communication? Like when things, when you're negatively impacted or when things don't go accordingly, when you have delays or your certain launches don't go live, like what's the communication best practice then of when maybe it's not hey we're up
1: 20 percent prep your coffee um <laughs> or you, 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 you dig in. It's the first like, you need to let people know hey we're seeing we're seeing some pressure we're digging in you want to communicate the severity if you know it and at that point like you're on a clock right like that clock is ticking you know so you, you need to assemble the team fast we drop everything and we dive in the, the, Oftentimes, though, the problem there is understanding how it's showing up. Is it slow pressure, right? Is it just like, hey, things are kind of on a, you know, they're on a like 2% decline. And if it's a slow momentum versus like, hey, we hit a step function, right? Um, I think those are two different scenarios. Knowing which one that you're in is, is a good thing. Step functions usually mean like all hands on deck, right? Like, but given, uh, given how... Crazy the algo has been over the last year. Um, You can see those changes week on week. So you have to also understand like, you know, two data points doesn't make a trend. Like, you need a couple. But if it's a step function, like, that's pretty immediate. Like, you you see it. So those are two different kind of communication strategies. One is, hey, we're seeing pressure, or hey, we hit a step function. We're digging in there. Anything that changed. So that's for like making sure you have a change log comes in play, right? Like, somewhere there's a record of. Of someone launched something, or you know, there's a secret algo that's hitting that's not confirmed. Your communication, though, you need to come with data that is verifiable. And this is where, like, if you built all those good strong relationships and whatnot in building your strategy, you can also leverage them in in being part of the solution. Because oftentimes, you don't want to communicate the "Hey, we hit a step function" until like you've had a chance to dig in. You know which which problem. You're dealing with someone broke the robots.txt text file. Someone changed a configuration, and you know, Akamai that accidentally blew up the whitelist for which bots are good or not. Like there are all these kinds of things that can happen. And so if you you had all of them in on the work that you're doing, they're, they're going to be more likely to want to work with you and come to them and say, "Hey, we did some digging. You think this this is the well, this is the problem. Can you, you know, can you take ten minutes to take a look at it?" You know there. Are <laughs> Because you will also come into contact with folks from, say, product or engineering and be like, no, it wasn't us. We didn't do anything. And you're like, so you have to be buckled in. You have to know your data. You have to own your numbers. So that's that, I think, is part of it. Um, and so again, those communications are different different things. It's, hey, we think something changed over here. Here's the data behind it. Here's the impact. Here's, here's what we're looking to gain back from it. And we think this is a P0 or a P1. You know, meaning like, like P zero is like someone blocked the whole site. What happened? Like you know, uh, versus like hey, <laughs> hey, all of our images are broken. <laughs> like, you know, the the, the communicating bad news to the executives is more, hey, you know, this is came through, or hey, we broke something. You know, we we're working with the team responsible. This is the date they're going to have to fix in place, and we'll be monitoring and measuring in the meantime. And here's Here's the impact on the business. It's you know, it's two base percentage points or whatever. Um, hopefully it's that small. <laughs> but there's also also negative news, and even positive things. you know? let's say you're doing a, a massive site migration, or like you've rebuilt part of a taxonomy on your site. Um, you, you still need to communicate things like, hey, even if we get all of these pieces right, we're still gonna take, you know, some kind of tax on traffic while the search engines come in and refigure out this whole section of the site. And I've seen that take as you know, I've seen it take like two days, two weeks. I've also seen that take nine months. So you, you need to at least you know, communicate, like, it's going to take time for this thing to bake in. But I'd say, like, kind of a good rule of thumb is you want to look at impact, even in small testing, like over kind of like a four to six week period. Because um, you never know what, what algo update you're kind of in and what's going to skew the numbers. So I think at the end of the day, it's kind of like as an SEO, you're always communicating. Whether it's good or bad, you're just, you know, you're being as open and honest as you can about your numbers. That one builds up a sense of integrity in the team. And it also eventually, uh, within the organization, eventually actually makes it easier um, when you really do have that. Like, hey, hey remember there's all these things that have been sitting on the backlog for years that, that we just deprioritized because of, I don't know, someone wanted to build a you know virtual reality view of the living room. Well, you know, it, Google, let, Google let us skate free for a while. <laughs> they didn't sign, you know, like, <laughs> so we're pulling resources off of these projects. That timeline's getting pushed back and we're now going to, to implement these things over this period instead, and it, which is well, kind of typically how it works. Or um, you may get overridden and then you say, no, we're still going to go build the crazy VR thing and you're just going to have to bid and bargain uh, to get the, the remaining things fixed. So, that's not always easy, but you're always dancing, you always communicate.
2: Fair. And then, what I'm hearing kind of from that too is you have a couple best practices that may take different form, but are kind of consistent throughout the scenarios. Is you have back to the constant communication where you're not just communicating the really good news or the really bad news. And you have those touch points along the way. And then through your preparation, by understanding the numbers, being able to dig into the why and the explanation of what's going on, you're increasing the credibility or kind of like the integrity of the SEO function. And through that, you're getting the trust, the transparency. But also kind of throughout this, it has that, that element of filtering in kind of education points. Along the way, to not just move in isolation, but to move kind of like with the organization, bring the organization with SEO, and then through that, you're able to not just celebrate the wins, but also talk about the bad things, and then talk about what it needs, what needs to happen to really move the needle and make an impact.
1: Yeah, and I think with that, it's, it's like understanding that a uh, you know portion of your role as an SEO. Uh, even in getting implementation and getting that until the buy and buying from other teams is that you're constantly educating them, you know, um, even if it doesn't immediately apply, right? You could have algo updates you know that are coming and be like, hey, this doesn't immediately apply, but we're going to need to make this in. Uh, we've seen that with like, you know, mobile first indexing and things like that, right? HTTPS. Um, there's always kind of a Google nodding to you and going, hey, it'd be kind of great if you did this. So once you go like, we told you you needed to do this by this date, you know. Like, and and the reason I say that is, is is this educational piece and this communication piece that I think is so important. It keeps you off the ledge that SEOs we can sometimes get ourselves into, where you know, you're always going to have this sort of like MBA, you know, C-level exec who thinks they know SEO, and you know, you always get the lovely question of why don't I rank for X keyword kind of thing. Um, those are always going to turn you right. You know, and sometimes that's the appropriate question, but I would say 99.9% of the time, it's not. It's typically, not aligned with the strategy, uh, or you know, even the strategy of the company. But but there are other times when you, you may be communicating, you know, and doing like an education session, and they're just going to come out of an eye like out of left field with idea, and and you're going to be going to be standing and going, "Hmm, that's not what I was talking about at all, but it's important to them, right?" So. Those are cases where like, you want to say, hey, I'm going to icebox this so that we can do a separate session on whatever that is. Because you, know, you want to make sure that they feel heard. You want them to make sure that they feel you know, as intelligent as they are for bringing up whatever that crazy was. Because sometimes it could be actually like a really potent thing. They were just talking about it at a point in the talk that made no connection, right? And so you have to kind of back out and go, how did they get there? Uh, you know, and then figure out how to meet them and and say, okay, we're gonna push this in a different way, but let's spend some time in discovery on this, you know, and then go find a part of the site that you can break without blowing up your other strategy. Right. Uh, that's always a kind of a fun, fun curveball that always gets tossed in. But if you're doing more of that education, it keeps you out of those hot spots typically. And you just have to figure out like, Who's, who's the person in my org that's going to do that curveball? Oftentimes it's, it's kind of like a president or an STP or CMO that that tends to happen there. And it's oftentimes because they're, they're not being communicated to enough in a way that they can digest. Understanding these people digest like of information a day. And as SEOs like we we tend to be information junkies on our own, but like not at that level of a constantly digesting data and, um, and, and multiple inputs and pressures. So you know, it, 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 figuring out how to educate on, on different levels and different planes at the same time is also part of the job, job.
2: Absolutely. And I think that that probably leaves us with a nice teaser for hopefully our next uh, conversation on the voice of search where we can, uh, dig into that topic a little bit more, which obviously is one of my favorite ones around SEO education and building kind of those resources and solutions for it. But I feel like that's going to lead us down to a whole nother series of uh, episodes that hopefully we'll have uh, in the near future with you. But that wraps up uh, this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Brandon Shikola Senior Director of SEO at Overstock. And if you can't wait until the next episode and would like to learn more about Brandon, You can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes or visit his company's website at overstock.com.
0: Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.